As we head into what looks like our last decent weekend for weather this fall, that means Halloween is inching closer, and it turns out more Canadians will make Halloween-specific shopping trips this year. What are you doing for Halloween? A new study on competition in this country says there isn't enough competition, and it's getting worse, and that means bad news for Canadian consumers. It's Friday, which means we had our weekly gab with Gabby, and we had a good time asking you about the music that changed everything. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. This is the Friday, October 20th podcast for The Start. And a hit song from 1987 is now the top pop song in history. We get details from reporter Jason Nathanson. What's the top pop song of all time? Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. That according to a list from Billboard in honor of the 65th anniversary of their Hot 100 singles chart. ABBA's Dancing Queen was second. The Temptations' My Girl in third. Rounding out the top five, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys and Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone. It's 6.05. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And before we get into anything else, I just want to touch on something that uh, Sarah just shared with us with the uh, the Billboard list of the best pop songs of all time. And it's sort of apropos that uh, she had that because at 6.45 we're going to get a little bit more into music that maybe changed your life. But I got excited when I saw they had I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys in that top five. And I'm not surprised that the Whitney Houston song was ranked number one. <laughs> you, you, Why are you making that noise? Because of the, like, it's a, good, it's a good song. It's just not my kind of music. To call yeah. that the best pop song no, of all time. I, I actually agree with that. Give me a break. <laughs> Dancing Queen, which was second by ABBA, that I can get behind. But give me a break. You know, all respect to Whitney Houston. She's she was a powerhouse in her day, but oh, come on. I don't even know if that's her best pop song, like hers. No, you don't think? I like it. I'd have to go down a list of Whitney Houston songs, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, Greg. Like I went from annoyed at Greg to taking a turn with Greg. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a hard yeah. U-turn. Yeah. Like I, this is how easily I can be influenced today, guys. So just come at me on any topic that you want me to switch my mind on, and I am there for you. Well, well normally I would try and convince you that the Jets have a, a crack at the Stanley Cup, but uh, maybe not after. Oh, this it's week. four games in. Uh, there's some cracks. There's some cracks in the foundation. We were talking about the blue wall. The crack in the blue wall as it pertained to the election a few weeks ago. There's some cracks in that Winnipeg Jets defense. I know we'll talk Jets throughout the morning, but uh, boy, what a wasted effort. The Jets uh, fell behind 3-1. They came back and tied it, and then they lose with a late goal by Vegas. Almost, like almost a script. The Vegas Golden Knights come into Winnipeg and sort of break the hearts of Jets and their fans last night. Uh, I thought the Jets played uh, very well in uh, multiple phases of the game, but uh, was not to be last night at CLC. Paul Edmonds will join us at 9.35. We'll break it down with Paulie. And we've got Are this we going over. with this CLC thing? This feels new this season. I'm going with it. Okay. You can Brett, try and Do you feel like we heard this last year? 
Uh, I don't know if we heard it last year. I feel like ever since PLD or whatever his new name is now came P- to CLC. PL Dubois. That's all we're doing is acronym acronyming. Yeah, PLD, <laughs> WPG, CLC. Yeah. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> I don't like it, but uh, to each their own. And uh, the, although it's now IG Field. Right. I, yeah, IGF. I liked IGF. Yeah. Uh, so at the 635, we're going to have the sounds of the game. And then, uh, as Greg mentioned, at 935, we are going to hear from Paul Edmonds, the voice of the Winnipeg Jets. And at 755, we'll hear from John Shannon with the Friday Jets report. Also, and we'll uh, get a little bit more into this uh, later on, hopefully, but just looking at the weather uh, Loren, it looks like this could be the last gasp, the next few, in a handful of days, the last gasp of decent weather for the the fall. I don't know about you guys, but it feels for about 10 days in a row now. You know, you go to work, you do your thing, you go out, you think, oh, well, it's actually quite nice outside. But then you continue on with your errands. I know you might get out and golf, so you're more aware, Brett, but it feels like every day around three, I go out to get my kids from school and I put my coat on yep. and then I get in the car and I'm just sweating and I'm like, wow, what a day. And I'm mad that I've wrecked the last you know, two hours doing housework or something when I should have been outside. So I sort of just sat outside on the front step last night when I was texting you guys and thought this is another gorgeous autumn day for Manitoba. And then I looked at the forecast and I thought, and wow, that it just might be one of the last, dare I say. So we're working to bring on meteorologist David Phillips later this morning, if we can, to talk about, you know, the last gasp of autumn because there is a is it a one i saw on the forecast i don't know if i saw a zero well it's not even i wouldn't even say that's in the long term brett like that's coming in hot and by that i mean cold yeah i'm looking at the long-term forecast now uh we've got well depending where you look uh, environment canada says for thursday so next thursday a high of one but the weather network says five, but they've got, uh, after that, they've got three, two, one, one, zero, minus one in there, and they're 14, but that, that's subject to change sure, a thousand times. Sure, and that's not unprecedented at all, right? This is this is what we've been seeing the last week. It's just been... Listen, the same way that you can lament the start of the yeah. jet season every yeah. year in mm-hmm. the first week, mm-hmm. I can lament the last gasps of autumn. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. Weather. I know it's not unusual. Anyway. I get it. Yeah, but I was outside watching uh, high school football yesterday afternoon, a game that started at one o'clock and it was absolutely spectacular outside. It was great to have an excuse just to sit outside for a couple of hours yesterday and to imagine that the playoff game (laughs) that my son's team is destined to play next week uh, might be bundled up in a parka and long johns just didn't compute for me. So I'm, I'm really trying not to think about it. Yeah, the weather's been, it's really been a beautiful fall all around. And, and, and also interesting that the leaves continue to hold on because we were talking two months ago and towards the end of August that the leaves are already starting. Right. Turn, like they always start to turn in August a little bit, but yeah. it, they got it. There was a jump start, and we, I thought the leaves would be gone by the end of September. And here we are approaching, you know, it's October 20th and there's still a lot more leaves on the trees than I expected there to be. And that, so that's wonderful. Yeah, my maple tree has been really holding on to its leaves and they were really green up until about two days ago. And yesterday I looked up and, oh, okay, they're finally yellow. Yeah. And uh, like, I would like them to come down before the first snowfall so I can get them cleaned up because it's a huge tree. A, like a, probably 20 of those brown bags worth of, Worth the leaves to clean up? 
Yeah. I would prefer to do it now as opposed to I, having to do it in the spring. I thought we were going with the don't le- rake the leaves. Uh, I'm not going with that. No. You can go with that. <laughs> like a new, a new fall thing? Like you don't you leave them on the ground for I can't even remember what? Uh, protection, voles, mulch, laziness. I don't remember the reason. <laughs> Yeah, there. Are, I think, and I, I'm pretty sure Brent Bellamy has spoken about that as well, about uh, the environmental potential, environmental benefits of just leaving the leaves on the ground. But uh, yeah, that's a great point, Greg. If it snows and the leaves are still hanging on, uh, but it, it has been nice that we've actually had a fall. Sometimes fall yeah. is like yes. a blink. It's true. It's true. Like it's summer. We get two weeks fall and then it's winter. Uh, so we're not doing that this year. Uh, so hopefully we'll have more on that through the morning on 680 CJOB. Uh, and up next, we are going to kickstart a conversation on one of the best parts of fall right after we look at your weather on CJOB. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. I've said this before, but I think October is my favorite month of the year. I, I love, look, I love summer. I love wearing t-shirts and shorts and getting out in the sunshine. That's great. But there's just something festive about October. I love the colors. I like the gourds that you see everywhere. And uh, when it's a nice fall, as we just discussed, I think that's perfect. It's my favorite time of year to golf. I just, and of course, I love what comes at the end of the month of October, Loren, and that's Halloween. And I think we were, we've been discussing this week about whether or not we're seeing more of the Halloween, so to speak, out there, whether it's in the decorations, whether it's in the activities you plan for yourself or your kids. I know a bunch of teens in our neighborhood, friends of ours, were heading out to all the different haunts, you know, like the heebie-jeebies last night and into this weekend, and that's been on the list for our family. And then, of course, there's just like what you see in terms of the little fake skeletons or graveyards or whatever that gets set up. And so in this time when we've been talking about like tough inflationary pressures, Greg, the Retail Council of Canada, like so many organizations, wants to know about people's habits, right? Like, are you going to spend this season, Christmas season, holiday season, all the rest? And it actually found in a survey it released this month that more Canadians this year are going to be making Halloween purchases. So 57% said they would be buying something specifically for Halloween versus just 45% last year. And while there are a growing group that say they might spend less, it appears based on their data that more and more people are getting into the Halloween season. A second number from the Retail Council from their survey showed 45% are going to make a trip specifically for Halloween. Not just like, you know, while you're at the store, you grab the candy so you can give it out to the kids, but a specific Halloween related trip. And that 45% of people doing it is up from 28 percent last year so that's a that's a big jump of more people getting into the spending in and around october yeah people can really uh wrap their brains around this celebration and i think a lot of people are having more fun with it we mentioned this yesterday just the idea that maybe those haunts uh have just proliferated over the last four or five years in terms of popularity and could you imagine how popular they might be had they not been interrupted for covid uh, there's even an app 
that highlights all these different apps around North America. That's what a big business this is, that they, you can actually create an app which will guide you to all these different attractions across the continent. So that's huge. And we also mentioned yesterday the idea, Brett, that people might be setting up these displays in their yard days, if not weeks, earlier than usual. Yeah, some people go all out. It's like uh, October 1st, and uh, that's the starting gun. The Halloween decorations go up. And I think it's great uh, because it used to, I seem to remember people saying, oh, Halloween's for kids. It's dumb. I'm not dressing up. Why would I do that? You know, what are you, 30, are you 12 years old? But now people are embracing. They're like, hey, it's fun. It's okay to be a grown up and love Halloween. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We've got bomber tickets to give away for tomorrow's game against Edmonton. And we want to talk about music today because we did that interview yesterday with Jade McLeod, cast member in Jagged Little Pill, which is that musical that's playing at the Centennial Concert Hall this week that's adapted from the music of Alanis Morissette, specifically from her big album, Jagged Little Pill, that came out in 1995. And that cast member, Jade, is the one who gets to sing You Oughta Know, which was a landmark song and really sort of triggered a tsunami of change in the music industry uh, with female artists uh, just sort of kicked the door open for, I don't want to say copycats, but similar uh, musicians that we hadn't really seen in the mainstream before. Uh, so that was a life-changing event with that song and that album. And we want to ask you, is there a song, is there an album that kind of changed everything for you as it come, pertains to music. And I'm going <laughs> to... I shouldn't feel stupid about this because uh, I love it. This is mine. The Backstreet Boys, Get Down. Because that I, I was in my early 20s, I guess, when that came out. Or late teens. And when I was uh, like 12, 13, the new kids were... Huge, but if you if you liked the new kids, you weren't cool. It's not cool to like the new kids. So I developed this sort of forced hatred for boy bands, and I was watching the Much Music Countdown, and this song was on. I'm like, ah, stupid Backstreet Boys. And then I was just sitting there. I'm like, what am I doing? This is a catchy song. Yeah. And it just opened like it, it, years of musical joy have followed since I just said, you know what? If the song is fun. Who cares? Who thinks it's cool? The genre is not significant, does not matter, and it shouldn't matter. No. So what's yours? 204-780-6868. And let's go around the horn here. I want to start with Sarah because... <laughs> I wonder what this is going to be. Uh, uh, here we go. I see it labeled Sarah's very obvious <laughs> pick. So what do you is got? Sarah's version? Yeah, definitely. Well, actually, this song is not because it hasn't been released in Taylor's version yet. But um, <laughs> this is from the album 1989. We cried tears of mascara in the So that is New Romantics, Taylor Swift from 1989. Came out in 2014. 1989's her birth year. Oh, I'm like so uh, confused <laughs> with all these dates. 1989 is the birth year. But uh, right. came out in 2014, so I was in high school. And uh, kind of similar to Brad, it wasn't like cool to like 
I don't know, like female artists, female empowerment type of thing. You want to be like, oh, Taylor Swift, whatever. But then when she came out with this album and changed her genre to pop, there was just a shift in my high school, I swear, from this album. But I forgot yeah. about this song entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the like lesser known ones, I would the say. Catchy too. But yeah, it's very catchy and uh, changed things for me. Okay, well, that, I knew you would go with Taylor <laughs> Swift, but I you, that was not an obvious yeah. song selection. Yeah, so. this song spoke to me. Well done. Cam, what about you? Well, let's take you to a moment in 2001. Power 97, driving in my car. You had Puddle of Mud kicking things off. It was a three-song set, and I remember sitting in my parents' caravan, Green Dodge Caravan, controlled by Puddle of Mud, 2001, followed by How You Remind Me by Nickelback. And then when that song was all wrapped up, I was waiting for one more, one more tune that was just going to take this thing off the edge. And then uh, it also... A power set. That's right. And then it kicked in, and it was uh, in the end by Linkin Park. And that was it. I remember that exact moment as a kid, and I was like, that's it. I, I love this. I love this. <laughs> I love Power 97 growing up, but like that was just like a moment where it was like I was... Listening to the, the, those three songs back to back to back to back. After that, I found it on Napster at the time. Out of Sarah probably doesn't know what Napster is, but nope. uh, um, it's illegal. You shouldn't do something like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was I remember that Just moment. File sharing cam. That's right, exactly. With music, when I like fell in love with music was was that exact. That exact moment. That's a good set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job and good memory as well, yeah. Cam. Uh, Forte, what about you? For me, mine would be this song. It's called. All That I've Got by the band The Used. And for me, it was just in a time of my life, this junior high, and it was like I was changing from a boy to becoming a teenager, having different experiences, you know, meeting my first, like, real girlfriends. This is the first concert I went to by myself without parents being around. Oh! uh, Yeah, it was just... uh, I was listening to, like, this type of music, like My Chemical Romance, and, yeah, it was just... uh, just that, that period of your life where you're feeling awkward, you know? You're changing from a boy to a man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice choice. I didn't know this. So I know the band, but I don't know this tune. So that's cool, Jeff. Uh, Mathing, what about you? Well, there's lots of places I could have gone with this. I, I grew up, I was lucky enough I had young parents. My, my, my dad was under 20 when I was born. My mom was even younger than that. So I grew up with my parents and their music. My dad... Love the Beatles. My mom was always into rock and roll and, and, and then into disco. And so, you know, the Guess Who, BTO, the Beatles, the Stones grew up with all those classic rock bands. But this was my very first album that I ever got for my birthday. This is Harlequin. Victim <laughs> of a Song, released in 1979. I was 10 years old. And this album... You know, yes, guess who? Yes, BTO had made it big, but this was Winnipeg music. It was pure Winnipeg music, and you listen to the lyrics, and and 
And to this day, I can still imagine being in Transcona, being in, in, in my mom's shoes growing up in the late 60s, early 70s in Winnipeg, and these songs really resonating with me and her. So it's a real connection to my history, to my life, and the, the fact that Winnipeg could produce some really great music outside of BTO and the Guess Who. So, Loren, we'll get to yours at 7.15, and we want to get to yours as well at 204-780-6868. The song, the album... That kind of changed everything for you when it comes to music or maybe changed your life. It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. We have a heebie-jeebies VIP package to give away. We'll do that just after 8 o'clock and bomber tickets to give away. We're asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us about a song or an album that kind of changed everything for you as it pertains to music or maybe it had a bigger impact on your life like darren hale pointing to peter gabriel digging in the dirt and yeah that was i mean that was a big song for peter a very personal song about the battles that he has the demons that he had to fight so if that song helped you darren that's great 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Tell us your story for a chance to win those bomber tickets. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. And at 7.35, the couch potatoes assemble. If you're going to the movies this weekend, you could be spending a lot of time at the movies, more time than I'm willing to spend. But right now, profits and markups have increased on consumer goods and services over the last two decades as the state of competition in Canada has deteriorated. And if you're listening to this right now, you might be thinking, no surprise, but, you know, competition is key, obviously, to help us all with our own businesses or also access to things that we want to maybe not be paying premium price for. And so the data that we're referencing, it comes from a report by the Competition Bureau, and it found competitive intensity. So that's a measurement for how hard businesses feel they need to compete to gain an advantage over their rivals. Well, that intensity has fallen. And so as a result, profits have risen and uh, so have the prices on many of the goods we're paying for. Global's David Aiken now explains the consequences for the economy and for consumers, us, and how the problem could be solved. It's the big mergers that get the headlines, like Rogers' takeover of its telecom competitor Shaw, or more recently, accusations that big grocery store chains have too much market power. But a first-of-its-kind study by the Federal Competition Bureau finds it's much more than that, that competition is weakening across a broad range of industries. As a result, consumers and businesses have seen fewer of the benefits of a competitive economy, namely lower prices, greater choice, and more innovation. This is a really big problem to our pocketbooks. It's a problem to our prosperity. The federal government has a bill before Parliament which would give the Competition Bureau more power to monitor industries, such as the grocery store chains, and it would change the rules used to measure if a merger should be allowed. This is going to give more tools in the toolbox to make sure that we can give more power to the competition bureau. The minister responsible, Francois-Philippe Champagne, thinks more can be done. The real answer to affordability is to create more competitive pressures. Experts blame years of increasingly complex and burdensome government regulation that smaller companies simply cannot navigate. The irony is that it used to be regulations were there to protect citizens. Now they're protecting oligopolies because new entrants can't afford the cost. 
And it's not just a problem the federal government alone can fix. Experts like Senator Deacon say provinces and municipalities must also overhaul their regulations to help increase competition and lower prices. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot to digest there. But, you know, I, I just think about groceries in particular. You think you've got all this choice. Freshco, Sobe, Safeway. Oh, they're, they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's uh, maybe an appearance of competition and choice on some products. Uh, but the lack of competition on some of our big ticket items has to be impacting Uh, the prices that we pay, you know, these things are cyclical as well. And, you know, sometimes we demand better pricing. Sometimes we want better service. Sometimes we're dedicated to the source. We saw that, that genuine love affair with uh, buying local. I think that uh, started before the pandemic really heated up during the pandemic. And I think that's still a big factor in our economy, but for the most part, those are on your, you know, to a certain extent, your luxury gift, uh, goods, your your optional goods that you use, spend your disposable income, and I'm I'm afraid that that's the local businesses and local companies that are be going to be impacted disproportionately as that supply of money and our disposable income shrinks because. You have to replace your hot water tank when it goes. You have to buy groceries. You have to buy gas. And you, for almost all of us now, if you don't have a landline, you have to have a cell phone. Well, Mm -hmm. add up the amount of competition within those four categories. It's very limited. And so we get stuck paying what we get stuck with paying and there doesn't seem to be any competition genuinely on any of those four major uh, consumer groups of things, so and to speak. Every, and every time we talk about spending, Greg, we ask people where they're going, right? And so at 6.15, we're talking about you know the increased interest potentially in Halloween, that they're seeing maybe more people go out and buy stuff for Halloween. Well, in the survey that was done by the Retail Council, guess who benefits from that increased interest in Halloween? The big box stores, right? And so when you talk about your economy, and, and we keep hearing from government from industry itself that small business is the driver well how as a small business do you compete against that and then the other thing that i struggle with in that story is they talk about the idea that you want more competition you need to reduce red tape and red tape you know regulations impact often the small businesses more because they can't spread out those regulatory costs over a large number of employees the same way a big box store can per se and on the other hand you you increasingly hear from small businesses they don't they don't want more government meddling. And now the government's talking about, right. you know, adding more power so that they can meddle a bit to make it better. And so yeah. it becomes hugely confusing. But at the end of the day, when you just keep looking at rising costs and fewer places to go, your grocery store reference is bang on. You think you have more choice. It's all the same company. Loblaws, right? I might be going to no frills. I go to the superstore. I go to shoppers. Well, it's all the same. Right. Like, <laughs> so where's the competition? Feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868, and you can read more on that at globalnews.ca or cjob.com. Got to take a look at traffic and weather, and then we got to find out which song changed everything for Loren. Details next on The Start.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We are asking you this morning at 204-780-6868 about a song that maybe changed things for you, an album that changed things for you, whether it was like just the way that you looked at music or maybe it had a bigger impact on your life. We didn't have time at 6.50 to get into yours, Loren, so tee it up for us. Well, 30 years later, this is the song that sort of still like gives me strength. It's not a pump up song. It's sort of just a, it's an anthem in a way. And much like Forche, this artist is someone I saw for the first time in a concert by myself after going with parents to various things. And after it, I got their live album, which is a CD. And I love every song on it, but the song we're about to play, it, I, it spoke to me at a time of change. You know, I was moving from a small town to Ottawa for school and then later moving again back to Winnipeg, I'd play it, and then back to Toronto and then all these work adventures to different parts of the world where sometimes I was scared, you know, going to where I was going and, and worried about the outcome and my work in Haiti and Afghanistan, Middle East. Anyway, I'm not sure if it's because this song connects to the way I feel, like the way I've I think I've always felt, or it's how I want to feel. But hit it, Forche. There's this love that is burning deep in my soul. You gotta growl it out. <laughs> then you gotta play some air fiddle. Get ready for it. This is the line. You get a little drum going. This is Garth Brooks. Standing outside the fire, I just listened to it a few minutes ago. It put a smile on my face then, and the line that speaks to me is, "Life is not tried; it is merely survived." If you're standing outside the fire, excellent. Woo! I was get on the back of the couch. I jump on the back of the couch and I air fiddle this baby boy. <laughs> air fiddle. You gotta air fiddle right now. Yes, you gotta go for it. Just go for it. I was wondering, because uh, there are a couple, I thought yeah, potentially we might hear some Wilson Phillips. Uh-huh. Hold uh-huh. on. Hold on for one more day, yes. Yeah. Also excellent. Anytime that song comes on the radio, I, I, I just big smile on my face. I can oh. just picture Loren singing to Hold On. But I, the- I have been in Sobeys where that came on. It wasn't long ago. And I was like, someday somebody's going to... And I'm like coming down the rice aisle, picking up some rice and some Thai sauce. And I'm giving her to that one. <laughs> so if you're ever... In a grocery store, and you hear somebody with an <laughs> angelic voice singing Wilson Phillips. Uh, it, it's Loren McNabb. Yeah. All right. Well, before we, uh, t- so by the way, tell us about the song or album that changed things for you for a chance to win bomber tickets for tomorrow's game. We'll pick a winner at nine fifteen. Yes. Before we tell you what's coming up in sports, I understand we've got the fog reports rolling in. Heavy patches of fog heading north on Highway 8 towards Lockport for one of our listeners and fog patches on Highway number 9 heading towards Selkirk. So keep those text messages coming, please, and thank you. 204-780-6868. After Global News at 7.30, we'll tell you what's new at the movies. There's a big one from a legendary director. But, Greg, what's coming up in sports? How badly did the Jets outshoot Vegas last night? Cam Poitras will tell you that much else coming up in sports at 725. Brett has your forecast next.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We are asking you this morning about a song or an album that either A, just changed the way you look at music and enjoy it, or B, maybe it had an impact on your life, changed it, shaped it, helped you through something. And we got a text from Tom in New York City. Tom says, 1986, 8th grade for me, Jefferson Junior High School, Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet. Life-changing for me. So many great hits. Living on a prayer. You give love a bad name. We could go on and on. Tom listening on his way into Manhattan as he does many days. He says, uh, you know, born and raised in Winnipeg, ironically moved to New York some 19 years ago and frequently vacation in New Jersey. And I stop at the John Bon Jovi rest stop on the way to the Jersey Shore. So, Tom, thanks for making us a part of your commutes into Manhattan. That, that's just sort of mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. It looks so cool. And Bon Jovi, Loren. Listen, this is another one that's on the list for so many people. I don't know if, for me, it is like the song that's life-changing or the album that was as much as it was. You can think of a number of different scenarios. Where were you when you had the best time to this song, right? Like, so a concert... At a wedding with my sister, I remember dancing in the basement with a bunch of girlfriends in grade seven to, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on the slow song. Grade seven. Da! Oh, Bed of Roses? Yes, no, no. I'll be there for you? Yes, these five words I swear to you. Thank you, Greg. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can remember these things, right? We had, that was in the cassette days, so... That's right. And uh, this was actually my uh, buddy Mike's choice, too. He texted me a screenshot of Slippery When Wet. So keep those coming for a chance to win some bomber tickets. We're going to pick a winner at 9.15. Forte on top of it. Oh, yeah. Got a groove to this one. Don't keep your hands at an appropriate height, though. No way, Jose. (laughs) Turn down the lights. If you don't like what I'm doing, don't look. One meter rule at the sock hop. Stay farther apart, people. This is where the (laughs) 10-year difference in our ages is really showing. (laughs) I'm making out big time to this song. It's my Catholic guilt. (laughs) Uh, Just a heads up as well. This came in just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Canada captain Christine Sinclair, who is the world's all-time scorer in soccer with 190 international goals, is retiring at the end of the year from international soccer. The 40-year-old Sinclair is is expected to play four more games for Canada, starting with two friendlies later this month against Brazil in Montreal and Halifax. So there we go. What a a tremendous talent. And there's so many uh, young women and and adult women out there who would name her as someone they might have had on their wall or the poster. Remember the games that she helped win for Canada and her the way that she would celebrate, but also her confidence and leadership on the field. And so it'll be a loss for the team, but it makes sense. You know, how many sports do you get to 40 on uh, as a professional athlete where you sort of still get to call your shots and leave, it, leave on your own? So the evolution of her game and what she's done for soccer in this country uh, will be remembered for a long, long time. Yeah, the, Hard work and success, man. Sorry, Loren, just the impact on the game of soccer in our country, unmistakable, undeniable when it comes to Christine Sinclair, uh, when you're on the cover of a, of a video game, <laughs> you've made it at any level, regardless of your gender or your sport. And Christine Sinclair, uh, not really arguable, uh, Canada's greatest football player of all time. And uh, yeah, you're right. To get to 40, 
I can't remember the context, but we were talking, I think, just earlier this week. Uh, or maybe it was in response to the... Um, the seven-year deal, I think, Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. The seven-year deal and how the, they'd be in their late 30s by the time that they comes, the contracts come to an end or approaching their late 30s and, and that they'd be approaching the, the twilight of their career. And as a 46-year-old man... It, it just, it, I, I get it. Like, it's not something that is a new concept to me, but it just, it's, it's still, it's always one of those weird things where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm 30, he's 35. He's getting old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In sport, for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure you say that. Is Sinclair not the one? Was it not the 2012 Olympic Games? Like, you, like soccer is low scoring often. And I, did she not have a hat trick? In one of the games against the U.S., I mean, there were some incredible games that uh, will be on the highlight reels of stations across the country today. Yeah, I don't know. Brett's uh, finger on fire. Is Googling? Googling. Google foo over there. Because she got a golden boot. Like, one of those years was just a tremendous year for her. Right. So, I might go get her poster right now and put it on the wall. Christine Sinclair scores hat trick as Canadian women lose a 4-3 heartbreaker. To the Americans. Thanks it for, was, it was Thanks for good reminding memory. us about that game, Loren. Yeah, Way but I go. didn't do it. I talked about the hat trick. Brett had to <laughs> blame Brett. He took the turn there. He had, <laughs> he, had the, line, he had line two. I just had line one. There isn't a song called Blame Brett. I think we've talked about that before <laughs> by the, the Beaches, who I think are coming to Winnipeg next month. Oh, we, really? We will have an opportunity to talk to them. Why do you, bl- why do you hate Brett? That oh. was a shootout then? Was that a shootout uh, loss to the U.S.? Um, I don't oh, did know, you man. close I it? I already closed you the closed window. It? <laughs> you moved on. <laughs> Brett, Brett's done with that conversation. We're moving on. Well, no, I'm no, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. I just, I, I yeah, I, I have this habit, like of once I have the information that I came looking for, I try to close the window. Oh, which surprises it cl- it me because you're such a digital hoarder. Yeah, you're right. I have, uh, I. Too many emails, but I, I try not to keep too many windows open. I have, what do I have right now on my iPhone? I have 395 open tabs. What? Various oh. websites. Like you either, would drive my kids nuts when they use my oh, phone for they, anything. Oh, They're always like, why do you have open? all these windows open? What are you Googling throughout the day? And you're like, you don't want to know, kid. <laughs> these are either either articles that I have read and want to share with other people. Need to read again, read once, or different products that have caught my attention on the social media. And I'm going, one day when I can afford this, I'm going to purchase this. Yeah, 395. It's terrible. Well, what's the psycho what's the psychology behind that? That well, and I do that too. And often and I think I have like a hundred-ish browser tabs open on my phone. And a lot of that will come from if I'm having a conversation with somebody and they'll say, have you seen this show? No, I haven't. But and so I open a window just so it's there because I'm not going to, I want to continue the conversation, but I also don't want to forget because I know I will forget. And sometimes I'll come out of a conversation with like, when when I go to see my dad, for example, and and catch up on things, I'll, I'll leave with like 10 new window browsers open. Because of all these things he's asked me about, I'm like, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look into this and read it, and then eventually I just forget to follow up, and I've got all these tabs. I'm like, what is this? What is this <laughs> show? Is this why, I don't even know why it's there. And you know what's crazy about that? We should actually read our like last five searches or something because you, for, I forget I even did this in the last 24 hours. I looked at. Um, Layers of lasagna, because I always forget how to layer my lasagna. <laughs> okay. Medically assisted 
uh, death because there was headlines around that. <laughs> the major snowstorm because there was some sort of rumor of one coming. Then I looked up the Halloween score for piano, like <gasps> because we were playing that last night for fun. And then uh, who was Dickie Mountbatten? Because I went down a <laughs> crown. Oh, the crown. <laughs> And then my last search was about Bob Canoe and the Crown Corporations, and he's going to make an announcement later today on some plans or maybe a shift at MPI. And so that is like a crazy roller coaster for the brain. Yeah, oh. I just I just grabbed one <laughs> randomly here. I'm like, what is this one? Oh, it's Ben Darvel, who used to be in the Crash Test Dummies. I met him at an event like six months ago, spoke to him and said, hey, would you ever come on the show? Oh, yeah, I listen to CJOB all the time. I'd love to come and talk to you but i you know i perform as son of dave now right no i did not so then i opened up this window and i've kept it open now <laughs> as a reminder to get in touch with ben darvel so that he'll come on the show with us and it's been open since at least november no. like last year <laughs> like last year i don't think this reminder calendar of yours is working oh my word <laughs> <laughs> and then looking at mine so okay i'm just looking at the more some of the more recent tabs i've got the question of the day at cjob.com i've got the jet score i've got the transglobe expedition because it's referred to that? in that TV show, The Fall of the House of Usher. The Transglobe Expedition was from 1979 to 1982 was the first expedition to make a longitudinal circumnavigation of the Earth using only uh, surface transport. Really? Yeah. I understood nothing of what you just said. It's a trip around the world. There you, you only, go. only on the ground. <laughs> Dumb it down. What about the, the, I, the Earth is three quarters... Water. Well, and that's the thing. I, I, I meant to, to continue reading, but I stopped. I just, <laughs> I, I Googled it while it was, when it was mentioned on the TV show, right. and I never read the article. So, does anyone know if you keep, because Terry's asking, with all these browsers we keep open, does that not make it your search engine less effective? Like when you do go Googling? I don't know. It still works pretty quickly for me. Maybe a little too quick. I think it slows my phone down. Or, or like drains the, the battery, battery more? for sure. Yeah, it Be has to. Because if you, like, that's one of the reasons why I close the, the window on the computer as quick as possible. Because if you have too many browsers open on your computer, it slows everything down. Makes sense. And so, of course, it'll do the same thing on my phone. So there are days where I'm like, why can't... Like, why is my phone so slow? Oh, maybe it's because you have 150 web browsers. You have open, the whole dummy. internet open on your phone. <laughs> I'm closing mine all now, and I'm telling you, it feels good, guys. Do it. You're going Just to regret that. Why? I, listen, I already made the lasagna. I figured out the Halloween song. Mm -hmm. Wasn't interested in Mount Manhattan in the end. Didn't really care. And I'm done. I'm good. Did you? Were you successful in playing the Halloween tune? Oh, it's, you know what happened is that my youngest got into it last year. He liked to dim the lights and like light some candles and then he'd play that. And then he was trying to play it last night and I was like, that doesn't sound right. We're missing the notes off. And so I Googled the score and then, yeah, it's, it, but th I only do the first bars. Like I don't get right into it. Just the, just the dun, 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 dun. That's all you well, need. That's all you need for Michael Myers to get in your system, man. Iconic, creepy song. Don't call him to your house. What are you doing? It's like his theme song. It's like at bat music. You're like calling him to your really? front door. Oh, boy. 848, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Let's take a peek at traffic and weather. Today's weather looks awesome for October 20th. Details next on The Start.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Our guest is grooving to the Beastie Boys. Greg Mackling, who is in the studio with us now? Well, if you missed her on the television yesterday, you saw her today. Global News Morning, 6 a.m. till 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Channel 9, Cable 12, CKND Television. Gabrielle Marchand is Twerking here. in my chair, twerking in my chair. Oh, and you can see her on two the two biggest televisions in Manitoba as well. Tomorrow at IG Field, she is the in-game host of all things fun and delightful at Winnipeg Blue Bomber Games. This song is so good. I love it. Isn't this song older than you? It has to be. I don't think so. I was born in 1990. Mm, this is close Late, late 90s. This is late 90s? Yeah. Oh. Oh, good. So when she was like grade four. When Explain. I was twerking at eight years old. Yes. Twerking in the playground. You need to have a <laughs> chat with your parents. <laughs> Irresponsible. Yeah, this song came out in 1998 on the album Hello Nasty. And a reminder, by the way, we do have bomber tickets to give away for our net for tomorrow's game. Last chance, text us about a song or an album that changed the way you like music or changed your life. For me, Gabby, it was Get Down by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, my God! Because I was, uh, I grew up, you know, new kids were, if you liked the new kids, you you weren't cool. No. So then I developed this hatred for boy bands and, and silly pop music. And one day I was watching it on Much Music and I thought... Why am I against this? This is a great song. And years of musical joy have followed. One Direction, NSYNC, I'm here for all of it. You know what? Actually, speaking of the Bombers games, one of the joys, the greatest joys in my life living in Winnipeg has been Greg Mackling driving me to IG Field and then we blast the Backstreet Boys and have car dance parties. Like, <laughs> that is probably one of the happiest memories I have. Well, many happy memories doing that with Greg Mackling. So go go Backstreet Boys. I love the Backstreet Boys. I've seen them in concert multiple times. They're dynamic performers. You have? I have. Like did, when they were in Winnipeg recently or in their I've heyday? seen them. I uh, saw them... <laughs> For about four songs, I took my girlfriend's son at the time. Greg, can we go? It's too loud. What are you talking about? I pulled every string I had to get tickets for you for this concert. Let's just walk around. Anyway, saw like literally like 15 minutes of their first ever concert at uh, Winnipeg Arena. Saw them in Vancouver and then saw them in Grand Forks. Yeah, uh, the weekend fan. of my mom's 50th uh, birthday back in February of whatever year that would have been, 19 to 2001, 2001. They're so talented. They're great. They are great. They're awesome. Uh, so one of the things we talked about this week was the fast food secret orders and weird combos. And that was inspired. We heard them talking about it on our overnight show, The Shift, and they were talking about it because of this McBrunch burger. I haven't tried to order it yet, but I've been thinking about it because I did see that and I thought it looked like fire. Uh, hear me out here. You're having a rough morning. Like maybe you've drank too much if we're being honest and maybe you haven't slept enough. But then what you do is you hit up. It, it takes effort, but it is worth it. I did do it a couple months ago. So I go to Wendy's because I like a spicy chicken. That's the best chicken burger. My favorite cheeseburger is at Dairy Queen. And there do happen to be two of those pretty close proximity by Polo Park. And then you get McDonald's French fries. <laughs> So, and then, I mean, if you're really dedicated, you go to A&W and get the onion rings, but you get all your favorite things and then you go home to your couch and you eat them all at once. Like you throw some McDonald's fries in your spicy chicken or maybe some A&W onion rings in your- Don't forget the gravy at A&W. It's a serious debate though, in terms of if you were to pick your combo, but could pick the different places, what would it be? Yeah. Right. What about you, Lauren? A Harvey's burger. Oh, yum. But McDonald's fries- 
And then whatever Coke is the cheapest because they're gouging me. So that was <laughs> I We were talking about this today. I cannot believe the cost of fountain drinks. Inflation it's, it's, it's is hitting ridiculous. us hard. It is. I, again, I don't need it. I don't have to have the Diet Coke, but it sure shouldn't be worth three bucks for my 17 cubes of ice and four millimeters of Diet Coke. It's ridiculous. And then hear me out here. This is not really fast food, but it's still kind of fast food. Five guys, they do their fries in peanut oil and oh. then Cajun seasoning. Oh. That's interesting. I think about them. I've been thinking about them since I had them. I've only been to Five Guys once. I went there just about the one time, and I tried to go another time, but the lineup is huge. Yeah. But it's been years since I've gone. But yeah, you're right. That was a tasty burger. I've never, I I haven't, have either of you, Loren, have you happened to try the Wendy's breakfast food since they introduced it? I don't, this is going to come out wrong. Like, I like bacon. Yeah. I like eggs. I like toast. I like hash browns. I just don't find anyone's breakfast food is that good. Ah, With the exception of the bagel, like the BLT bagel at McDonald's. But go ahead. Wendy's mm. breakfast. What are they offering? Have you tried it? I haven't. I heard it's okay. I've heard it's good. Yeah, have they, you? No, I no. have because they, they, uh, I know that the all-day breakfast is a relatively new phenomenon, but uh, Wendy's, Wendy's, I think it shuts down the breakfast at 1030. So that's a pretty much a non-starter for me unless I stop at Wendy's on the way out to the golf course, but uh, I usually end up leaving my apartment too late, and then I just got to race to the golf course. <laughs> Straight to the golf course. I'm going to propose a local hack here. So if you happen to be at Pine Ridge Hollow in their little market they have, there's like a little grocery store, they sell these scones that are actually only $11 for six of them. They're huge. It's probably cheaper and easier than making your own scones. They're like cheddar, onion, dill. So you bake those up in the oven. Then you put on a fried egg and bacon or whatever you have in your fridge. And you make mm -hmm. your own mm -hmm. breakfast sandwich with a buttery, delicious scone. Where are the scones from again? Pine Ridge Hollow. They have like a grocery store oh, out there yeah, in the yeah, village. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I yeah. think it's honestly cheaper. I made scones recently. It was a lot of work. And then I had to buy a full thing of butter and cream and all this stuff. It was actually cheaper to just buy them and you bake them in your oven. You will never convince me that baking is cost effective. It's not. <laughs> the one and every six weeks time I do it, I'm like, I just, I'm not getting it, people. Yeah, uh, re I just don't. Restaurants that serve breakfast, butter, bacon, and now eggs. So expensive. Cheese. Cheese expensive. So if you're going somewhere, bread's not inexpensive either. So if you're going somewhere and you're still getting a good deal on breakfast, uh, be grateful because uh, that restaurant is not making a ton of cash. Yeah. on that breakfast, but it's the best meal of the day. Last time I was at Johnny's on Marion, I found their prices were quite reasonable given the gigantic portion that we got. Oh, so yeah. Good. I love a greasy breakfast, like a big greasy breakfast. St. River Cafe, giving them a shout-out for their breakfast, too. Yeah, theirs is pretty good, too. And now we're all starving. Gabrielle Marchand, always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. Happy, happy weekend, everybody. Gabby is the host of Global News Morning, weekdays... 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your television. Up next, we give Bring away... Bring the scones to work, Gabby. Sorry, Brett, but that's important to say. <laughs> We're giving away bomber tickets after we check your forecast on the start. I'm only interested if I can help you fly. Start on 680 CJOB.
It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, a song or an album that changed the way you look at music or perhaps had a way that it shaped your life, like Dan P., who says it was one of our runners up here for a chance to win bomber tickets. It was 1992. It had been several years since I had great albums from bands like Sex Pistols, The Clash, Joy Division, and others. I missed my punk rock and my edgier stuff. The late 1980s were fraught with poppy dance music. Then in 1992, the movie Singles came out, starring Matt Dillon and Bridget Fonda. The soundtrack brought me back to those amazing days of edgy music, but this was more melodic and deeper, and I fell in love with grunge. I loved every track on the album, and to this day, it is my go-to, especially at this time of year. Hmm. And so okay. I, guess, I guess maybe that helped to, to bring forth the grunge revolution. Oh, Smashing mm-hmm. Pumpkins, Allison Chain, Screaming Trees, Pearl Jam, Jimi Hendrix, Pearl Jam again, Soundgarden, um, Chris Cornell, all on that soundtrack. That's, I didn't know that. Amazing. Uh, David, another runner-up here, Loren, taking us on a, a musical historical journey, so to speak. Yeah, he calls it a musical time machine. It all started for me with my love of rock, says David, when I was a young kid. Pink Floyd all day, every day. Then into elementary school and junior high, it was a bit of Nirvana. And then, then as they went from junior high into high school, it was Linkin Park. That was the icing on the cake. I was playing basketball with my friends in the summertime at the end of school in grade 8, and I heard that album from Linkin Park, and I was... Hocked, said David. And that album, uh, Hybrid Theory, I assume that's what it is, uh, that came out in 2000. I can't believe that. Whenever you do this, it's been driving me nuts. Who texted earlier um, about Drake and when the album came out? And I thought, oh, that must have been five years ago when it was 15. Yeah, Yeah. 2009. (laughs) The song best I ever had. That's okay. I thought 19, I still think 1984 came out 16 years ago. Uh, Jared, one of our runners up as well, Greg. Well, this is one of the great videos of all time. And uh, where are you at uh, with the video there, Forche? Are you able to press play for me here? What is that? (laughs) A twisted sister pin (laughs) on your uniform? So angry, Dad. What kind of a man are you? (laughs) You're worthless and weak. You do nothing. You are nothing. You sit in here all day and play that sick, repulsive, electric twanger. (laughs) I carried an M16 in you. You carry that, that, that guitar. Who are you? Where do you come from? Are you listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? Awesome. Jared, reliving this video. I want to rock. Yes. Video hits in grade six. Changed my life from listening to Dad's Pop and Country Records to rock. I knew what I wanted to do with my life from then, and it was rock. I was D. Snyder that Halloween, and only the cool younger houses I stopped at even knew who I was. But it didn't matter because now I was a rocker. And we're going to do this real quick. Chad from Labrador, another runner. Well, he's in Labrador, so he doesn't count for the contest. But this is cool. Appetite for Destruction, GNR, 1987. I was nine. Had to get a guitar after seeing that top hat dude named Slash. I later went to audio engineering school and moved to Winnipeg, where I work in the audio industry and owned my own company. I now live in Labrador and play my guitar every day. 
and Chad from Labrador, thank you for that. But, Greg, that sort of dovetails into our winner, who is Andrew. Yeah, my high school guitar teacher showed me how to play Undone by the Guess Who. I learned Randy Backman's guitar park part. It got me hooked on the Guess Who, BTO music, and fingerstyle jazz guitar playing. Now I'm a guitar teacher teaching that song to new students. That's so cool. That is so cool. So, Andrew, congratulations. Thanks to all for participating, as always. We love that you bring us in, like you're, you welcome us into your lives, and we really appreciate it. But Andrew's going to the Bomber game tomorrow to watch the Bombers clinch, hopefully, the West against the Edmonton Elks. Greg, what's coming up in sports? Well, speaking of tomorrow's game, is Dalton shown in or out for the blue and gold? Cameron Poitras tells you next. Sports coming up at 925. She's come undone She wanted truth But all she got was lies Came the time to realize And it was too late It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb Hal Anderson, the host of Connecting Winnipeg Joins us in our next segment To tee up what's coming up for you After 10 o'clock But right now, the Winnipeg Jets found themselves on the short side of a 5-3 score versus the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights last night at Canada Life Centre. I would have to say it was a gut-wrenching outcome for the Jets, at least for their fans, who saw their team bounce back from their disappointing performance versus LA Tuesday with an effort which will win you the game most nights in the National Hockey League. The end result stings. Um, that was a great third period. Give their goalie a lot of credit. He made all those key saves. That being said, we just can't keep giving up four or five goals a game. That's just, we're not going to win until we stop that. That's the voice of the coach, Rick Bonus. The voice of the Jets, Paul Edmonds, joins us now. Radio home of the Winnipeg Jets, 680 CJB. Paulie, good morning. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Well, doing okay. Uh, look, uh, real quick summary here. Jets open the scoring an early goal. Vegas scores late in the first period, so it's pretty, you know, 1-1 one, one after 1. Early second period goal, as Vegas likes to do, and then all of a sudden they get it to 3-1, and you battle back to tie it. I liked a lot of what I saw last night. Uh, rose-colored glasses on my nose this morning, Paul, or uh, was there like, a lot to like about last night's effort? No, I, I think that what you liked last night was the re- was the response, uh, not necessarily the result, but the response in the third period. And, you know, you can judge by your eye test for sure, but also the applause that the team received uh, multiple times in the third period for putting together and stringing together very good shifts that have Vegas inside their own zone. I mean, Winnipeg peppered Logan Thompson, the Vegas Golden Knights, with 20 shots in that third period, tied up the score. There's a little bit of controversy maybe on a non-call on on uh, Mark Stone and and Mason Appleton, and that led to the Eichel power play goal. Uh, but overall, I think, if, and they keep saying this, and, and we keep sort of, uh, I guess, echoing it, to, if they keep playing like that, the results are going to come on more nights than, than not. And it just so happens that they're one and three because they've had a pretty tough schedule to start. So, I mean, Los Angeles was a playoff team last year, and Vegas won the Stanley Cup, and uh, one of the teams that they did beat uh, ended up playing Vegas in the final. So, you know, Calgary's uh, got a, a burr in their saddle this year as well, and that was a pretty good game. So overall, yeah, there's a lot to like what you saw last night. It's just the results haven't been there. And, 
you know, they're going to get up against a team tomorrow night that has the exact same record as them in Edmonton. So that should be another tough test with a couple of one and three teams. But yeah, I know it's early. Uh, you'd like to be three and one as opposed to one and three. Um, but I don't know that we're kind of searching for the panic button just yet. Let's talk defensive a bit because over four goals a game against. So that's a team stat when we're looking at it, but it's not close to where they've been in the past or where they need to be. Uh, are we looking at the goaltending here, defense, a whole overall team effort if we're mentioning a team stat, Paul? You know, Loren, I, I think that it's uh, probably, as you mentioned, uh, a team stat here. I mean, it, it just doesn't fall on on one person or one area of, of your defensive play. Um, everything needs to be shored up. I mean, last night, for my money, it was the two power play goals against that result in a couple more goals against uh, to, to total five. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, you've got to be better at either not taking penalties or killing them off. Um, there's been, you know, an empty net goal last night contributes, but Winnipeg came in, I guess, to kind of boil it, boil it all out. They came in last night with the highest goals against in the league um, in allowing the most, and it was almost at five. It was well over four and four and a half. Um, so that will go up because you gave up five again last night. So from that standpoint, there is some work to be done on their side of center ice. There's no doubt about that. And, um, I think there's a few things that they can clean up. There's opportunities where they've gotten to lose pucks in one battles, but just haven't got the puck out, and then it stays inside your zone, and it wears people out. But you know, overall, I, I think they're scoring enough goals to win games. They just have to be better at preventing the goals that are going in so that they can start to win games 3-2, uh, maybe 4-3 at that point as they go along this season because allowing five is just not a very good recipe for success. Paul, it seems as though the Jets are deep up front. But one of their top line forwards goes down. And of course, that forces some shuffling of the deck and lots of offensive pressure last night. And some are wondering about moving Mason Appleton to that top line. What's your impression of the revamped forward lines? Yeah, you know what, Brett? I, I like Mason Appleton. He's played with Mark Shifley before, and I think he's an excellent complement to both Mark Shifley and to Kyle Connor. And the reasons are simple. One, Mark Shifley likes a right handed shot on his right wing, and that's exactly what Mason Appleton is. Mason's in, in very good shape and a very big body, and he likes the heavy going, and he's not afraid to get on pucks. So his tenacity helps kind of create some chaos along the boards and certainly in the corners and in open ice too as well to get those pucks free up for a couple skilled guys in Shifley and Connor to make plays. So, you know, from that standpoint, I mean, he's a hard-nosed guy that, that's not afraid to get involved in the physical contact um, and that's exactly what you need. I mean, every sort of top line needs a guy that's a bit of a banger and a crasher, and that's what Mason Appleton has brought to that line previously and is expected to do that, and we saw that on display last night. So I have no problem with the move, and I think it will only help Mason maybe kind of etch a few more points as he goes along. Um, certainly, I think what you're trying to do when you do have an injury is not move too many pieces around, um, but in this case, I mean, on the top line, you've got to take a guy off your third line checking line and, and move him up because of the shot that he has and the ability that he has to play tenaciously. And then you're trying to fill in some other holes. But I thought the guy that sort of replaced Gabe Velarde last night on what would be the roster, or at least in the starting lineup, but David Gustafson didn't play very badly last night. I thought he was actually pretty good, took some face-offs and moved the puck in the right direction. So, you know, I mean, you never want injuries, but you have to absorb them and you have to find solutions when you do have them. And I thought that last night, the pieces that they've moved around and moved in looked pretty decent to try to, to try to do that. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that 
you know, often the philosophy is to change as few things as possible when you have an injury. And if so, if, you know, for instance, move Nikolai Ehlers to that top line, then that means really adjusting three of your four lines or four of them because you have a new forward coming in and, and you've, so you've sort of bumped everybody around and changed things around. Three lines for sure have changed. And, and so that's not necessarily the way to go. Tomorrow night, Edmonton Oilers, uh, the oil one and three themselves. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of concern in Edmonton. You know how that market is, Paul, and lots of people calling for Edmonton, Carolina to meet in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, not the start the Oilers wanted or expected. Uh, as a longtime Jets fan, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of horrified that the, the Oilers are going to hang eight or nine on the Jets tomorrow night. I know I shouldn't feel that way, but I can't help it. <laughs> I don't think, Greg, I'm sorry, but I don't feel that way. I, I think that the Winnipeg Jets probably will view this as, hey, listen, we played pretty well uh, the night before here, and we're going to go into Edmonton, and, and they're reeling a bit. If if you listen to the terse comments from Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers last night, you'll know how they're feeling about their game. Uh, they went in and lost to lowly Philadelphia. So I think if you're Winnipeg, you're saying, okay, let's try to – bottle up what we've done for the most part this season with the exception of maybe two periods against Los Angeles and let's take that to Northern Alberta because we like our chances if we do so sets up a real interesting Saturday night game and you know where to find it too right of course right here 680 CJOB after the Bombers take care of business against the Elks it's an Edmonton doubleheader reminds me of the old days at the stadium and arena you know maybe you get the the Back in the day, the Eskimos in the afternoon, and then maybe the Oilers at the arena after night, little chichis in between, and away, away you go. Yeah, those were the days, you know, where you could buy tickets to both and just walk literally across the street, right? And uh, and take in both sporting events. But uh, should be, you know, obviously the Bombers want to finish up strong here with a couple of games left, Edmonton and Calgary, and, and Winnipeg going into uh, to Edmonton too. And here's the other thing. I think the Heritage Classic is coming up for Edmonton too as well. So, uh, you uh, you want to make sure that uh, if you're Edmonton, you're not looking too far ahead, and Winnipeg Jets might sneak in and grab one from you. And next thing you know, you're one and four, and should be a good game because it'll be two teams that are desperate for a win, and uh, that always makes for uh, some good entertainment. Paul Edmonds, the voice of the Winnipeg Jets on your home of the Winnipeg Jets on the radio, 680 CJOB. Paul, thank you for joining us. A pleasure, sir. Yeah, my uh, my pleasure. Have a great weekend, everybody. So are you, you're working the, the Bomber game. Yes. Tomorrow. Yes. And then after that game, do you immediately transition from football oh, to yeah. hockey? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. Uh, thank goodness. So we got the call here on OB, get home and who knows, who knows I'm going to handle this. Hopefully the jet, the Bombers put things to bed by halftime. Yeah. And then I can You could listen in home. one ear and watch. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, lots of people do that. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the 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 games, the bomber game should be over by the time the yeah, the Jets game start, right? begins. So yeah, six o'clock start, uh, four o'clock the pregame. Uh, come on down early. Love to see you in the tailgate area, as Derek Taylor mentioned on our podcast. Might be the last time we're outside. It's very weather dependent, and if it's uh, too cold and and or snowy, uh, we're hoping on November eleventh. For the West Final, we might not be out in that tailgate area. So come on by and say hi. And Derek Taylor is the guy that's six foot seven, and Doug Brown is a guy that's about five eleven. Come in and in- introduce yourselves. November. Oh, that's right. They, this is this is the year where they're moving the finals to the Saturday, right? Correct. Or did they do that last year too? I don't recall. I wanna. I don't remember. Okay, but that's cool. That's exciting.